When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We have a podcast. Diving, diving deep. deep. Diving deep into all things Texas. Both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast. And Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General. Sean McClain. Welcome, welcome to Utopia. Hey everybody, welcome in. It is a uh, week 11 recap edition of the Utopia Football Podcast. Hope you are having a very happy Thanksgiving week. Uh, my name is Sean Pendergast, and uh, I am one half of Payne and Pendergast in the mornings on Sports Radio 610. Of course, joined, as always, by the Hall of Famer, my good friend, and our senior Texans columnist for SportsRadio610.com, and you can find him at GallerySports.com, John McClain. And, John, you and I are recording this mere hours after the Texans, I would say probably from beginning to end, their worst effort of the year. It's between this and the Tennessee game, I would say, a few weeks ago. But the Washington Commanders come into – NRG Stadium, and they just manhandle the Texans on both sides of the football, and they win 23-10, to 10, a game that I feel safe in saying not as close as the final score would indicate, as a lot of Texans games seem to have been lately. Uh, before we get into four stocks up and four stocks down, John, my biggest takeaway might have been in the postgame where it looks like Lovey Smith seems like he's kind of uh, coming apart at the seams a little bit at some of the criticism of his quarterback. Which is interesting to me because when he was in Chicago for nine years, he had quarterback like Rex Grossman, uh, Josh McCown. Uh, gosh, there's another Kyle one. Orton. Kyle Orton. He had quarterbacks like that, and he had controversies all the time because they weren't very good. But he did take go to the Super Bowl with Rex Grossman, but he had a lot of talent around him. And so I don't know why Lovey would get um, – what do you call it? It, it not edgy but snippy. Why he would not understand why people ask him about how bad Mills is and would he consider changing him? You know they're not going to fire Pep Hamilton during this season. I don't know who would call plays if it wasn't Pep Hamilton, but he's doing a terrible job too. And uh, but yeah, I love he uh, he better get used to it because it's only going to get worse. Yeah, John. I like it's funny you say that. Like yeah, there's nobody that's had the title offensive coordinator, at least to my knowledge on their staff. That said, I feel like anybody with a brain and a, and a, a working knowledge of the game of football on an NFL coaching staff would probably do a better job calling plays than Pep Hamilton is right now. Like I, I, I like that, that it would be an inexperienced play caller. That would bug you. Like I, to me, anybody, but Pep right now would be an, an improvement. This is the worst. This is the worst, most boring offense I've ever watched in my entire life. I think that's why Pep was fired in November 2015 in Indianapolis when he had Andrew Luck at quarterback. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, so, yeah, so Lovey's press conference was was interesting. Um, he went back and forth with DJ Bianame from ESPN right out of the shoot. I would say probably the main event. Brooks Cabina had a decent little exchange about Pep Hamilton with him. But Brian T. Smith on the booing was um, – that was that was something else, the back and forth between the two of them. What did you think of Lovey 
kind of jousting with your former colleague at the Chronicle, Brian you know, T. Smith. He said they deserve, uh, they, you know, the fans deserve more and they're going to boo when you don't play well. And they didn't play well and they got booed and they're going to mm -hmm. keep getting booed unless they do something positive. It's amazing to me. They came out against the Eagles, scored two touchdowns in the first half. It was 14 to 14. The offense looked so good. Mills threw two touchdown passes, and they haven't come close to that since that first half. They can't put together a game. And I, I mean, if the, these fans, it's like I said on the pregame show with you and Seth, the fans that show up ought to be paid. Yeah, for going to the trouble to come out there and support this team. And if they want to boo, let them boo. The Texans should have been booing themselves when they left the field at halftime. That was the worst half I've seen in my 47 years of covering football in Houston. John, they've had three first halves like that in the last four weeks. I mean, they, they, they had a first half against Tennessee where I think they had 35 yards. They had a first half against uh, the Giants last week where they had something like 25 yards. And they they ran 21 plays for five yards in the first half. I mean, John, this isn't just, hey, we have a bad football team. This is like historic <clears throat> ineptitude. Um, has your position changed at all? I know it's one more game. It's not like it's five more games. Your position has been that they're going to hire a defensive coordinator to take that off of Lovey's plate, replace Pep Hamilton as OC, <clears throat> and draft a quarterback. Did anything you've seen in the last few hours here or over the course of today move the needle at all for you in Lovey not being back here next year? No, I don't see them doing three three coaches in three years. I just don't see it. I, that might not be unprecedented, but I just especially you got you get rid of Romeo Cornell, you get rid of David Culley, you get rid, get rid of uh, Lovey Smith in three years. And I think – Everybody's complaining about them, but yet everybody wants them to lose so they can get the top pick. You know, what if they won four games? With so many teams winning three, they might end up with a fifth or sixth pick and lose out on both quarterbacks or have to sacrifice two number one picks to get the guy they want. So to me, just keep losing. Right now with, with uh, the Raiders winning, uh, they have one. the Texans have one win. Nobody else has two. So it's not secure, of course, because they still play Jacksonville here. And they always beat Jacksonville, although they may be so beaten down. Truthfully, if they played every game in the first – like they played this first half, which was even worse with the Titans, I think I think they should fire Lovey, but I still don't see him doing it. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm glad you said that. At least you're acknowledging that he should be fired. I'm I not saying that I don't think he should be fired. I think he won't be fired. Yeah, yeah. Just, I just said. No, I no, I, I hear you. I hear They're you. They're not going to have three coaches be one and done. Uh, I don't think. Well, you do you count. I mean, you count Romeo Cornell. Romeo Cornell was an interim head coach. He like, was an interim head coach, but they didn't bring him back in any any capacity. The fact is, he was still the coach. And then you went to David Culley, and you now got Levy. If you got rid of all of them in three consecutive years, that doesn't look good. No, I guess Plus, not, I think but... it'd be hard to get a new coach to come in here under those circumstances. It's See, good, I, I, I don't know. it's desperate. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you're going to have the first pick in the draft, probably another top 10 pick. You're going to have a ton of cap space and Jack Easterby's out of the building. I you know, no, I, what if you what if you didn't win? What if you started off 2 and 15 cuz you're rebuilding? Yeah, I think everybody want that coach fired too. John, I think it's going to be different when they get a young quarterback, like a, not a Davis Mills. I'm talking like Bryce Young in the building. I, I do think it's going to be different. I mean, look at this team. Like it's a it's a total team in transition. Do you do you think Lovey's here in 2 years? 
Well, I don't know. It depends on what they would do next year. No, no I know. But what you, if you had to predict that Lovey Smith would be here in well, 2024. Well, he went from five. He won 11 and five in his second year in Chicago. He improved mm-hmm. by four victories in his second year in Tampa and got fired. Went from two to 14 to six and 10. So if he jumped, if he goes, if he wins, say, beats Jacksonville, and that would be two fourteen and one. And mm-hmm. the next year they were six and 10 with a rookie quarterback. I think he'd be back. In 2024? Yeah, depending on what was going, what happened on both sides of the ball, is showing yeah. a lot of improvement. This team needs a lot of players. Of course, and they're not going to get them in one off season. No, I know, and they're starting a lot of rookies and so forth. Uh, John, here's the thing: to answer your question, and it wasn't a question, but your observation, I guess, just to 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 build off of that, that you've got te- you've got people mad at Lovey Smith, and yet they're rooting for the Texans to lose to get the number one pick. John, I think it's the way that they're losing. It's embarrassing to people. Like if there's. I can survive one, eight and one. What I can't survive is an offense that looks totally unimaginative, totally inept, historically inept in some ways. And then on the defensive side, it's a defense that just gets pushed around routinely. And they're not just the worst team at defending the run. They're the worst team by far at defending the run. I think that's what people are angry about, John. Like people have, they've rooted and observed bad football teams here before. This is the most embarrassing version of the Texans that I've ever seen. Like it's, it is, it's embarrassing. And I think that's why there's a lot of reasons that they're staying away in droves, but I don't know, man, like you bring Lovey Smith back next year. And I think you're, unless you draft a quarterback and I think that's a risky thing to draft a quarterback and keep Lovey Smith. I don't know. I, I, um, I, I like Lovey Smith a lot as a guy. I, this is just this is abysmal. I mean, this is a bad team, and it's a badly coached team. You mentioned the run defense was so much better against Washington. They only gave up 115 <clears throat> yards to the last series when uh, uh, Ron Rivera was just running out the clock. Run the defense isn't the reason they got beat. Defense gave up one touchdown. Yeah, if you gave up one touchdown on defense every game you're going to win some games if you just got a competent offense and their offense is incompetent and if you get a good offensive coordinator and play caller and he can coach he can coach quarterbacks a young quarterback who's the first overall pick yeah i think lovey doesn't coach the offense he doesn't tell the offense what to do and that's one of the problems with pep hamilton we all thought pep was a good hire i can't sit there and say well i told you don't do it but uh cuz i'm just mystified at how bad this it's offense awful. Can be. It's, it, it's so bad. John, I would submit that they are going to have a harder time finding an offensive court, a good offensive coordinator to coordinate Lovey's offense than they would finding a new head coach to replace Lovey. Well, I, it wouldn't be Lovey's offense. It would be that guy's offense. But you know what I mean? Like I, I'm, I'm saying you forget about who the offense is. Like, I think they're going to have a hard time finding a guy to come in and be Lovey Smith's offensive coordinator, a harder time doing that. Cause Lovey Smith just feels like a guy who's I, would you want to attach your star to Lovey Smith right now if you were a young offensive coordinator in the NFL? I'm a young offensive coordinator, and I came in with a lot of money, and I had a top quarterback. I think, hmm, I got a good chance to get elevated and get the head coaching job in another year. Yeah, see, I don't know. I, I'd, I'd rather – I think it's. I think it'd be easier to attract a good head coach than it would to get an offensive coordinator to work for Lovey Smith knowing that he could get fired after the year's over. Um, but anyway, so we, we beat that dead horse. All right, let's do four stock up. And four stocks down, John, for this game. This is the hardest game ever that I've had to come up with four positives from this game. 
So I'll let you go first. As always, you're the Hall of Famer. The honors are yours, John. Go ahead. The stock positive, up. The stock up is that the Texans are made sure they're still in line to get the first pick in the draft. So that's a stock up. They didn't fool around and pull an upset. I talked to a couple of members of the Washington media before, and I told them, don't sweat it. You're going to be six and five. Every team in the division is going to have a winning record. And they said, oh, man, Washington, we've seen them blow games. And I said, not this time. And I was right. And the Texans, the most positive thing I can say, this was a lead on my column on uh, gallerysports.com, is the Texans lost, so they still have the number one pick. Yeah, at least why can't that for a stock up? Uh, well, it's you're right. It's they're better off where well, they. You heard my second one. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I can't wait. I hope I don't steal it. Um, John, <clears throat> we this was the hardest post game to ever find a signature player of the game. This is the closest I ever came to giving it to an opposing player, but I figured that might piss off the people from Kima Boardwalk, the perfect family getaway, the sponsor of the signature player of the game. I gave it to the one guy who did his job perfectly. Uh, and it's not John Weeks, um, Kymie Fairbairn. Kymie Fairbairn made a field goal, and he made an extra point, John. And by God, it hasn't always been that way for Kymie Fairbairn. So stock up, the Texans' place kicker, when asked to go make kicks, made kicks. This is where we are right now, John. I cannot think of a single player in the offense and defense that's worthy of us singling him out as somebody who did great things today. And why was Kymie Fairbairn able to make those kicks? Uh, is yeah, this going perfect to... snaps. There you go. I knew it. Perfect snaps from the greatest right. snapper in history. If they'd been bad snaps, he wouldn't have been your player of the game. Mm. I'm not saying John Weeks is my stock up. My next stock up is I saw this in their notes a while ago. They were four of four on fourth down. Yeah. They couldn't convert a third down. They were two of like 13, something like that. One of six in the first half. But by God, when they needed a fourth down conversion, they got it. Davis Mills sneaked for two yards for their first first down in the second quarter. Oh they got God. a mock a mock a cheer from the fans because they finally got a first down. Oh, brutal. Absolutely. Four of four on fourth down. Okay. I thought for sure right, it was going to be. What's your next one? I thought for sure it was going to be John Weeks. Uh, mine, John, you know what? My stock up, Mother Nature. The weather was lovely today out at NRG Stadium in the pregame. And the roof was closed. And the roof was closed. It would have been a perfect day to have the roof open. It was sunny outside, but it was nice. It's kind of overcast. And the temperature was such that even if you were sitting in the sun, you weren't going to be baking. Like if it was 88 degrees outside. But I had a joyous time today at the pregame. We had a lot of people out there. John, you put a lot of butts in seats when you come out there. The crowd really popped for you. Uh, the sun, it was sunny outside, but it was like 50. So the sun was a perfect uh, a perfect complement to the uh, crisp fall weather here in Houston. So, John, in a game where the Texans were dominated on both sides of the ball, kudos to Mother Nature. She was not a wench today. She was a lovely, delicate flower the weather gets my stock up. That's where we are with the Texans right now, Man, John. We shortchanged special teams except for Fairbairn because special teams weren't great, but they were still the best thing they got going. <laughs> special teams have been consistent start to finish. And uh, if the other side, both sides of the ball played like special teams, they might win three or four games. We had to give a shout out to the Browns for losing. They're now yeah. three and seven. That enhances the Texans' first round pick. Yes. Their next game is again at home against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers coming off a bye week. 
So the Texans need for them to win. So they'll come to Houston with a three, eight record. Have you, we'll get to stock down in a second, but have you talked to some of your colleagues up there in Cleveland, like Tony Grossi and Mary Kay Cabot to, to get the temperature on how things have been going with Deshaun back in the building up there? I did. I wrote a column about that last week for gallerysports.com about Watson coming back, what he was doing, what he'd been able to do. He had to, he, when he was able to come back into the building and sit in meetings and go through his conditioning, he left when practice began. And Wednesday of last week, he's able to come back to practice. Kobe Brissett had a great game today, but they couldn't run the ball. Nick Chubb was terrible. Six, He had 16 carries for 19 yards, not as bad as Damian Pierce, but it still was terrible for Nick Chubb. But, uh, they really struggled in the running game, which is strange because yeah. that's what they do well. And I'll guarantee you Watson's not going to play any better than Brissett did in this uh, loss to Buffalo in Detroit. Yeah, Brissett was pretty solid in this game uh, today. Uh, that was the game that was played at Ford Field because of all the, the blizzard conditions up in Buffalo. Um, so that'll be in a couple weeks. Uh, Miami next week for the uh, for the Texans. So we'll, we'll talk about that matchup as the week rolls on. But, John, let's do some four-stock down and then uh, – and then uh, we'll call it a night here. Who's your first stock down for the Houston Texans and their loss today? There's so many to choose from, but yeah. Kenyon Green was awful again. Ugh. He's been bad for four games going against elite defensive tackles. He was terrible last week when he had a hold to wipe out a touchdown and then two that weren't called. In this game, he had a hold to wipe out a first down on a pass to Dari Gumbawale. And then uh, he had an ineligible downfield declined, and he had another holding call declined. And that one play where he was just overpowered Dude. and pushed back oh. into his lap, I, I don't know that I've ever seen something. We're talking about a humongous guy getting knocked just straight back like he was floating on air. Like he was on skates. It was crazy. It was that was that was discouraging. John, I, I I wonder with Kenyon Green, like at what point is his psyche so damaged that he's you know, that this is something that's gonna affect him, you know, maybe moving forward as a player, you know, forever. You know, like this is this is as this month's been as bad as I've ever seen. Like I never Xavier Suofilo was one of the most vilified picks in the history of this team. I think it's safe to say the first pick of the second round in 2014 and was given every opportunity to be the starting left guard for this team. And he was not good. He was now he might still be bouncing around the league, though. He might have improved after he left. That does tend to happen with offensive linemen with the Texans. But as far as his body of work as a Texan, these four or five games that Kenyon Green has played since the bye week is far worse than anything I saw from Xavier Suofilo. One of the things about linemen who come out of college, and I don't know if this is the case, a lot of them don't lift a lot. They don't get benched. They just don't do it. So you come in, and when you're not strong as a veteran who's been on a weight program for years and you get knocked backward, you lose your confidence. He can't have any confidence right now. He looks like he needs to be on a weight program between that and I and I know he lifts, but he just got overpowered. Jonathan Allen said afterward he talked about a movie used on him that he was not ready for. And I'm thinking that's that's the truth. And then when you get beat, then you start grabbing and holding. He gets called for that. I feel sorry for him. He's a good guy. He got off to a good start on the run. They can't replace him. Justin McCray's terrible. 
and at least Green, you'd think he'd get better. Maybe he needs to sit. I keep thinking Davis Mills needs to sit like he did last year. Take a deep breath. Get a different perspective. Don't say you're benching him. Just let Kyle Allen play two or three games and then put him back out there and see if he can do any better. Yeah, I'm it really done with doesn't matter because yeah. neither one is going to be the starter next year. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm done. I'm done with finessing anything with Mills. If you want to throw him out there, great. But I, if 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 replacing him is some grand plan to think you're going to get something better out of him in three games, eh, just leave him in. I, I'm I'm just so disgusted with this team right now. Um, so Kenyon Green, that's a that's a that's a really good one. Obviously, um, my first stock down, I'll just go with Davis Mills. I mean, that's an easy one. That's just as easy as Kenyon Green. Davis Mills, you cannot be the overseer of an offense that runs 21 plays in the first half and gains five yards. That's not an exaggeration. Five yards in the first half. They they were out first down 14 to one. Washington had 14 first downs, which is a ton. 14 first downs in the first half. The Texans had one first down in the first half of the football game. The time of possession was was nearly two to one in favor of Washington. Um, and, and so I can come up with a ton of numbers to back that up, but John, when you're Davis Mills and on the second play of the game, you're throwing a pick six, this is not a team that can afford to fall behind seven to nothing on the second offensive play of the game for their team. So, um, Davis Mills, I have, enjoy the next seven games. Cause this will be the last seven games that you start unless in case of emergency for the Houston Texans. I've got an aside about things look about stock up. I was thinking when Alex Bregman stood up and the fans gave their loudest ovation for him sitting with the McNair family in the founder's box, mm -hmm. sweet, that uh, he's probably waving, thinking, my God, I'm glad I'm with the Astros. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't my know that. God, I didn't know. I didn't. So glad I didn't play football because the crowd was so sparse, so full of Washington fans and of course everybody clapped for him. I think even the Washington fans clapped for Bregman because they have respect for what the Astros did. They should clap for him considering they won a World Series over him. But I'm thinking that was the biggest ovation of the game. And I was just thinking he was smiling. He had to be saying through his teeth, Oh God, thank, thank yeah. God for the Astros. Yes. And all the fans are thinking can't spring training in February can't come soon enough. You got that right. Absolutely. All right, John, who's your next stock down? It's hard for me to pick anybody from the defense. They didn't Washington didn't have a completion more than 19 yards. They didn't have a big running game like other teams have. So I got to go back to the offense. Damian Pierce had what hopefully is the worst game of his career. It wasn't his fault. Uh, they couldn't block him. They just got steamrolled. You could pick all the offensive linemen. But I'm going to go with Pierce because he needs to bounce back in a big way at Miami. Yeah, that's I I, I have a hard time blaming Damian Pierce for anything. But you're right; it's, it was not. I, I'm more. Uh, it's probably stocked down Damian Pierce fantasy owners more than anything else because that was a <laughs> that was a rough that's day. That was a rough day to own Damian Pierce in fantasy for sure. Uh, all right, John. My last stock down is Lovey Smith and Lovey Smith's whole act in the post game show. Him getting indignant about questions that get asked of him about Davis Mills. Him him acting like asking questions about Davis Mills is just out of bounds. That that Lovey Smith is dying on this Davis Mills hill to me is one of the funniest things, like tragically sports, tragically funny that I've ever watched. He basically basically absolved Davis Mills of all blame today. You know, he he essentially said that. You know, what I want to see is Davis with good protection and a good running game. 
Did you ever maybe think that the reason why the protection isn't very good and the running game isn't very good is because these other teams can jam eight and nine guys in the box and just blitz the hell out of you because Davis Mills is inaccurate and he's not very good? Like, it's a chicken and egg thing. It's not just it's not just Davis can't throw because they're stopping the run. They're able to stop the run and throw all these guys in the box because Davis Mills does zero to scare a defense. I'm just I'm I'm flabbergasted and disgusted by the way that Lovey Smith just seems to carry water for Davis Mills and, and thinks he's above any sort of sort of criticism. Uh, it, it's it's mind boggling to me. And the biggest thing, the most disturbing thing about Lovey's press conference was when he bristled at the notion of change. What do you mean, like change just to change? Well, no, change because you're one eight and one, and you stink right now. So I, I can't. Man, we got seven more of these. Um, I like football. I'll go to the stadium. I'll do the. I'll do our thing. I enjoy working on game day. Lovey Smith in these press conferences coming up over the next seven weeks. L. John Lovey Smith in his press conference on Monday is going to be fascinating because he spent the first three minutes of the Sunday press conference after the game saying he needs to watch the video and I can't do anything 30 minutes after the game. You think I'm going to come in here and tell you guys this, blah, blah, blah. He set it up so that there's going to be a ton of follow-up questions at the Monday press conference. But Lovey Smith, is um, is he's not the lovable Lovey that we saw in training camp, John. He is coming apart at the seams in my mind. I don't blame him. I would too. When you're one eight and one, I've been through so many losing teams in this city, seen so many coaches bristle at questions and fall apart and get fired. It's kind of just, I let it go in one ear and out the other. Another thing about males, Lovey said when they threw that pick six and you're down seven zero, that's tough duty. Like you couldn't come back from it. Another thing about Mills, he held the ball too long, two or three times. And a couple of times he had good protection. He just threw bad passes. And uh, that's it's still amazing to me how he can play so well at the end of last year. People seem to have forgotten that. And why is he so bad? I still think Pep Hamilton has a lot to do with it. He has a new quarterback coach. And uh, that's got to have something to do with it. And I'm not hurt he quit working or anything, but – it's going to end up. He'll be here next year, but he'll he'll he's only going to be there uh, trying to help the first overall pick. John, how about when they're trying to come back in this game and, and down twenty three to three? I don't think anybody thought they were going to come back and win, but they're coming back. They're driving the field and they're huddling, and they're should have been in a no huddle the whole fourth. He's quarter. doing all this gesturing at the at the line of scrimmage and the play clock. They let the play clock run down to like one second a couple times while they were trying to come back from being down 20 points in the fourth quarter. Like, I, I don't know, man, like this, like stuff like that, st- little things like that just make me think like, you know, whatever the heat is from firing Lovey Smith, deal with the heat and get a better coach. Like don't bring somebody back to coach. If you, if you observe and know that he's a bad coach. And that's why you, when you asked the question earlier, why would a coach want to take this job, you know, or they'd have a hard time finding a coach. And why would it? Why would I think they wouldn't do the same thing to me if I were a young coach? I, I I would like to think that if it were a young coach, they know that they're going to have to roll with the punches with with the, a young coach making mistakes. Lovey Smith is who he is now, John. Like I don't look at Lovey Smith and go, boy, there's a lot of upside with Lovey Smith. He could be a better coach at the end of this season than he was at the beginning of the season, like I would with a a young coach. I'm just. I, I thought I'd be one of the ones that was probably that would stick it out longer for Lovey Smith, and who knows, maybe I am. Maybe everybody's out on Lovey Smith, but I'm I am rapidly becoming somebody that would welcome a change um, after the uh, after the season is over. I know you said too that that 
you know, normally he should be fired, but you think circumstances outside of performance might keep that job for him, right? I do, because I think he doesn't have anything to do with the offense. They they made a mistake with Pep. And I think that Lovey, did he just get stupid at Illinois? I mean, he did pretty well with Chicago. If you go look at every, all the people he had, quarterbacks he had, and he wasn't a bad coach. He was considered a pretty good coach, not a great one. And all of a sudden, Everything he did there, it just disappeared. Maybe he left it in champagne. John, the but that was two thousand. That was that was a long time ago. I mean, that I was, know, I know. Yeah. But do you get stupid when you no, when you've no, been in but, college for five no, years? I'm not saying I'm not I'm I'm not questioning his intelligence. I but I do question his philosophies. You know, like he's. It could be that he's doing some antiquated things. You know what I mean? Like the game itself has changed a lot over the course of that decade. I, I, I don't blame him at all for the offense because he has nothing to do with it. Now, if people can rip him for putting it all in Pep's hands, letting Pep power all the offensive coaches, yeah. other than Danny Barrett, the running back coach, who I think is pretty good. They let Pep power everybody. So I think what's going to happen, you're going to see a lot of offensive coaches gone. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and, but, you know, you're maybe they can't get somebody to come in here. It's any good. I want them to have an offensive coordinator who's proven they can pay him five million a year. I don't care. Just get a guy where we've seen results and we've seen his work with a young quarterback. I'd love to know. I John, that needs to be research that you do for gallery sports.com to or sports radio, six whichever one you want to do it for find the list, find those names. Do you know what I mean? Like who, who is that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Tom Pelissero had an annual list in which he put assistant coaches who are ready to, he hears ready to be interviewed for head coaching jobs. Obviously, all of them aren't going to get them. Last year, Pep Hamilton was on that list. Now, mm-hmm. the only guy on that list of like 50 is uh, Josh McDaniel's brother. What's his name? Ben. 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 He's been on the staff for a while. Ben's the only one he put on there. And I'm thinking, how in the world would somebody know that about him, considering how bad this offensive is? Now, maybe. They can make him the play caller. Yeah, that's what He's I'm saying. Never called plays. Anybody would be as good, be better than Pep. Yeah, I like it's calling play. It's not brain surgery. You know what I mean? Like it's uh, anybody would be better than Pep, right? If you're asking me, hey, if they made Ben McDaniel's a play caller, would this offense all of a sudden be a middle of the pack offense as opposed to last in the league like it is right now? Probably not. But my guess is the play calling is going to be more imaginative, more creative less stress-inducing, less boo-inducing than Pep Hamilton's because nothing can be worse than what we're watching now. John, what do you got <laughs> What do you got going on? <laughs> I get tired even talking about it now, John. Uh, well, what, you better not because we're going to be talking about it a lot. Oh, no, don't worry, John. I'm good, and I love doing this with you, so it's all good. Um, do you have a report card out on the uh, game from it's today? SportsRadio6Dead.com. There's a lot of F-minuses, and I have a column on uh, Gallery Sports dot com uh saying in this time of thanks let's give thanks to something i saw positive today and i used about keeping the firm grip on the number one pick i like it. and then when i went through a couple of the positives i said okay let's carve up this turkey there <laughs> okay i like that i like that too john did turkey anybody... of a turkey of a team that's what i said i got you did any uh did anybody not get an f minus for the texans today yeah, I gave uh, I couldn't give Damian Pearson F considering he never, never had a chance, and I couldn't give an F to the tight ends who didn't have a chance to catch passes. You know, Brandon Cooks had a ball he should have caught. 
He was a little behind him. His NFL receiver should have caught it. And then that interception at the three bounced off the crown of his helmet. Yeah. Did he get an F minus? Uh, wide receivers, I, I think I gave him an F. Okay. Yeah, but most of them I gave the overall grade F minus. Mills, offensive line, coaching, and no F minuses on defense. Like, okay. You give up one touchdown, you don't deserve Fs. Okay. And it's... um uh those were the F minuses and somebody else got an F. Okay. Tight ends I gave a D. Okay. I like that. A slew of F minuses. It's good to have the old John McClain back. I tell and you. I gave a C plus to the defensive line. For better run defense till the last series. Okay, well, don't, John, DBs, don't give away all your grades. But we need people to click on it, you know? And the DBs for uh, not giving up to play more 19 playing without Derek Stainer. Okay, gotcha. All right, thanks, John. All right. Uh, so you can get that at sportsradio610.com, and you can get John's article about the Texans keeping a a, 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 a firm grip on the number one overall pick over at gallerysports.com. John, I enjoyed it as always. We'll uh, – We'll do what I'm sure will be a spirited mailbag episode, probably with a few Thanksgiving questions mixed in as well. On uh, We'll record on Tuesday to drop on Wednesday this week. I look forward to it, Sean. Thank you very much as always. All right, good stuff, John. Yes, appreciate you too. Appreciate all of you listening. Be sure to give us a download. Uh, subscribe to this podcast. Give us a five-star review. All of that good stuff uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you heard me mention the mailbag, mailbag at gmail.com. H-O-U mailbag at gmail.com send us your questions about anything it can be texans it can be astros it can be nfl it can be yellowstone it can be who yellowstone is it on tonight john yes it is oh have you watched it yet i've taped it okay i gotta watch it too all right but amy's sleeping all right i gotta figure this out all right i'll figure it out on non-podcast time and non-john mcclain time uh, all right, so we're done. We're out of time. For the great one, John McClain, I am Sean Pendergast. We appreciate all of you tuned in. Figgy Fig, thank you for getting this to everybody as well. Uh, we will see all of you a little later this week for the mailbag episode of the Utopia Football Podcast. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody.